who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today, from divorce to call-out culture to masculinity to girls' confidence. Season two of Thread the Needle finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast. Uh, I am your host, Anita Flores. This intro is a little different because I'm actually doing intro for uh, the live uh, I'm Listening podcast that I just did uh, last week on March 27th. Um, yeah, I want to thank everyone who, uh, and I apologize to everyone who had to see me promoting uh, me doing this live podcast. Uh, it was at Caveat, uh, which is an amazing venue in New York City. Uh, my, I had a lot of amazing guests, including John Hodgman, Dan Chamberlain, aka Frazier, Kyra Sims, Calvin Cato, John Mayer, my a boyfriend. Yeah, that's right. He's a person and I am going to acknowledge that he's my boyfriend. You're about to hear an incredible live podcast recording. I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we get to it, um, I just want to acknowledge that this is uh, the season finale of season two uh, I've, of I'm Listening. It's been an amazing season with incredible guests. Uh, there will be a season three, um, but I am definitely going to be taking a bit of a break <laughs> to start a new podcast. Uh I guess I'm really, really into podcasts these days. Um, and uh, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about this new podcast. It is still unnamed, but I am going to be hosting a new podcast with my friend Sandrine. Uh, it is going to be, I'd say, uh, more personal than my I'm Listening podcast. Essentially, uh, it was an idea that came from both Sandrine and I separately. She's a social worker. I'm a comedian. Um, my dad, 
uh, has dementia. He was diagnosed about a year ago. Um, I'm his power of attorney. I'm his caretaker. I'm an only child. I'm a child of divorce. Uh, and it's has not been easy uh, sort of entering a new phase in my life where I am pretty responsible for another human being that I happen to love very much. So I thought, you know, I'm learning a lot. I've learned a lot in the last year, year and a half, um, given, you know, this process of becoming a caretaker. And I wanted to, I don't know, help other people if I could with the knowledge that I have now and my sort of new perspectives and outlooks on life. And then I met Sandrine at a party. She's a social worker. She also wanted to start a podcast um, because as a social worker, she feels frustrated um, that, you know, she can only do so much uh, as a social worker in terms of, you know, how many times she's allowed to see people. And um, so she wants to take her knowledge as a social worker and also help people. So together, we are going to be doing a podcast about you know, how to sort of get through these uh, sort of financial and health struggles that uh, a lot of people are going through, especially here in the United States, um, given how many baby boomers are retiring, you know, the nightmare that is the healthcare system. So we want to take our knowledge, personal experience, professional experience, um, and try and help other people with our experience. Uh, so that's going to be coming out at some point in the very in the near future. So follow me on social media, Anita Jutina, A N I T A J E W T I N A. Follow me on Instagram uh, and Twitter for more updates on that. So what I would love to know before uh, you get to listen to this uh, live podcast recording is who do you want to hear? What guests do you want on season three of I'm Listening? I already have a list of dream guests and some definite guests that I'm very excited about, but I would absolutely love to hear your suggestions. Um, who do you want to hear on the I'm Listening podcast? Who do you know that's a fan? Um, so yeah, Tweet me uh, or, uh, you know, email me from my website at anitajutina.com. And until uh, next season, uh, good night, Seattle. And please enjoy the live, the first ever live podcast taping of I'm Listening. I love you all. Enjoy. Hello. Uh, welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. Um, to all my listeners that are going to listen to this in the future, this is, and you, the audience, this is the first live uh, version of my Frasier podcast. So thank you so much uh, for being here. This is totally crazy. I want to uh, do a little poll. Who here uh, knew about my podcast before they fi found out about this uh, live event? Raise your hand. Okay, so there's some. There's some. Okay, okay. That's exciting. That's ex exciting. So if this is your first time or even not your first time, um, 
This is a this is a podcast truly about the show Frasier. Uh, I started it in my apartment uh, <laughs> uh, like a year and a half ago, uh, and um, somehow I conned all of you into coming. Like I think there's perhaps 80 tickets sold to this show. This is totally crazy. So thank you so much for being here. Um, what I'd like to do is, a few of you I saw didn't raise your hands. Um, so here's a very good time for you to subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. And I'm actually going to give you a moment to do that as I read uh, a fun Fraser fact for you. Um, so as I read this, uh, please subscribe to my podcast. Um, okay, are we familiar with uh, Eddie the dog? Good. I... I I, you know what's special about Frasier fans is like truly they're all fanatics. I tr I, I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about everyone here. So I feel quite confident you're gonna know all of the references. But yes, Eddie, uh, Eddie was the dog on Frasier. So here's a fun fact, that dog was played by an actor, or a dog actor, <laughs> named uh, Moose, okay? He was born in Florida on Christmas Eve, 1990. When he went to his forever home, his antics proved to be too much for his original owners to handle. So he was surrendered by his owners because he was so mischievous. Um, according to a TV Guide interview, Kelsey Grammer stated that Moose would bite John Mahoney every time he sat on his lap and that Mah Mahoney hated him. Now, that is a fun fact. However, I believe that it is false, okay? And that leads me into my second fun fact. There was a huge beef between Kelsey Grammer and Moose the dog, okay? And I don't know if you've heard about the beef, um, but Kelsey Grammer did uh, reference it in his autobiography that I highly recommend you check out because he is insane. Uh, this is a direct quote from his uh, autobiography. It is widely rumored that I hate the dog. And it's kind of fun to perpetuate that myth. The truth is I have nothing against Moose. The only difficulty I have is when people start believing he's an actor. <laughs> okay? <laughs> he's talking about a dog. Um, so that's great. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, I'll assume that everyone here is uh, subscribed to the podcast. Uh, and so we have some really amazing guests coming to the stage, but I would like to bring my first guest to the stage. You might know him from his fantastic podcast, Judge John Hodgman, author of many best-selling books. Uh, well, please welcome John Hodgman to the stage. Hello. Where do I go? Come, sit, please. Take a seat, John. I wanted to, hello, first of all, how are you? I'm fine. Just fine, all right, that's all right. I'm very excited to be here. I, honestly, here's my first question for you. Please. Why did you agree to do this? Because this is crazy, truly. Uh, not crazier than a Frasier podcast. <laughs> I mean, you know, you and, you and I met at a Christmas party. That's right. Uh, not this past Christmas, but uh, more than a year ago. That's right, yep. And you said, I have a Frasier podcast, and I said, I'm listening. That's right. Because it is such a very specific thing. It is very specific, and I was 
frightened that I would scare you away with the level of commitment that I have. No. Like I sent John a very detailed outline, uh, including Fraser factoids, which was mm -hmm. a list of like just like things to know about Fraser. Like yeah. he likes to sing, and here are three clips that prove that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you did not. It's very flattering that you did not realize I am very elderly, and I had seen all of the Frasers. <laughs> Well, I did perfect. Not, I did not. I'm not. I'm not someone you needed to sell on Fraser. <laughs> I mean, look at me. Uh, Fraser was. Uh, it, it was an important part of my. I mean, uh, of my twenties when I was pretending to be in my forties. Interesting. And okay. Mm -hmm. I just don't un like. I I remember you saying that to me. I was, and you're like, I have a podcast about Fraser. I'm like, why? It's like <laughs> everyone has moved on. No one. No one cares. Well, I got news for you, mister. Oh there is a whole world of Frasier fanatics out there, um, and I have lots of proof. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to describe it to you uh, just because uh, it's pretty impressive. Somebody emailed me, uh, the producer of my podcast, More, Bana More Banana. Shout out to More Banana Productions, um, who produces my podcast. So, uh, and I, I asked him if it was okay for me to say his name, a Mr. Andy Allison and Andy his wife, Allison and his wife, Aaron Pipes. He promises. Aaron Pipes, who is a person in her own right, not that just That is Andy's a real wife. person. Yeah. Emailed my producer and said, pass this Google Doc on to Anita. He made a Google uh, Excel spreadsheet with his wife counting every time that Fraser wore a robe on the show. Don't it, believe was me? The, was the answer <laughs> infinity times? I think it was infinity times. If you don't believe me, here, here's my proof. I'm sh Listeners, I... For those um, of you listening along at home, I've yeah. been handed a <laughs> extremely detailed spreadsheet. That's right. Not only about the number of times the robe was worn, <laughs> but the colors of the robe. That's right. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> at least six different robes. That's right. And I'll be saving this for later. You save that for later. There's also, he made a tab just for cabins uh, and the, <laughs> okay. Um, so I want, <laughs> cabins. that's right. What could be a more Frasier specific detail than the number of cabins that appear? That, yeah. Like, here's the thing. Let me give you a little history lesson. <laughs> for, the, for, those of, for those of us who grew up in Brookline, Massachusetts, in the 70s and the 80s. That's everyone in this room, right? And as an only, as an only child. I'm an only child. Hello. Are you also selfish? <laughs> That's what everyone tells me. They say, oh, you're not as selfish as I thought you'd Here, be. Here's the thing. Yes. Not only am I selfish, I am the only selfish person in the world. You don't exist. That's Love it. That's, that's the kind of only child I am. <laughs> Great, wonderful. It's nice that you think that you are special, but I'm the real thing. <laughs> but as someone who grew up in Brookline watching PBS with his parents uh, while eating dinner, mm -hmm. the see, and, and you know, Cheers was a thing, right? Cheers was a, a big, for people in Boston, Cheers felt like you were being seen if you were white. And... <laughs> yeah. And Sounds right. <laughs> to have and, and what Cheers was about was a real thing in Boston, which was a kind of class tension between jocks and nerds, basically. Right? Mm -hmm. There, there were the kind of you know there's Cliff 
uh, and, uh, and, and Sam, who were kind of of one world of Boston. And then there was Diane and Frazier, who were this, this egg-heavy world of Boston, which I was a part of. So to have Frazier be on that show, it didn't matter that he was a punching bag on the show. Like, I was like, mm, that's me. I, I'm seen. Oh, you're Frazier. Yeah, of course. Right, yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't let this uh, uh, midlife crisis snapback baseball hat I'm wearing fool you. I really have six different robes at home. <laughs> and so for Frasier to then get a spin, I remember my dad called me and said, do you know there's going to be a Frasier spin-off? I was, a, I was 22 years old at this time. My dad called me, you know there's going to be a Frasier spin-off? And I was like, I, I dropped my yogurt. I was so <laughs> astonished. Like, they're going to give the egghead a show. And I watched the show, and I was like, this could, how could this, that's me, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's me times two. He Now the, now he had a, a double on the show, which was Niles. And I, I have to say that it, it was so, I, I, I felt no sadness when it was canceled. It wasn't because, canceled? Well, I mean. It was it, like for it, 11 years. I, I know, I'm not saying that it sorry, failed. Sorry, I didn't mean to get defensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was so excited that it was successful. Yes. And then I but and I felt no like I, I felt by the time it came to an end, mm-hmm. shall we say, that it came to a natural like this was never supposed to happen in American culture. Mm-hmm. That you would be having that you would be replicating a uh, uh, French bedroom farce on television. <laughs> In that, in, in one of the cabin episodes, the one with the ski lodge, which Me- is one, yeah, the ski lodge, one of the greatest episodes, one of the greatest episodes of all television, right? But this was yes. not supposed to be happening in American culture, and pretty quickly, American culture was like, yeah, no, no, stop this. <laughs> We're gonna have George W. Bush now. Goodbye. You're not real Americans. Go away. And it was really something for me to to go back and revisit these episodes because it was. It was really a, a weird reminder of a pre-9/11 time, when there was just this kind of, the, this kind of popular culture calm, like we we don't have to be we we have a, a Democrat in the White House, uh, we uh, we have there is this whole theory that we've reached the end of history, we're in this massive economic boom, and we don't need to be angry about anything anymore, like we can just. It's now now comedy is just wordplay. Like that's that's it. That's all we need to do with comedy. I think I've already thought that there should be some sort of a college course. Fun fact: I took a college course on South Park, which was very stupid of me because I'd never watched a show. But I thought, oh, uh, it's a show or it's a class about television. This sure. would be fun. It was not fun. No. But what I'm saying is, I would love to take. I would. I think there should be a class on Frasier, and I think you should teach it because you really put it very. I've never heard anyone talk about Frasier in a pre 9/11 world. That was oh, really how eloquent. Could you, how, how could I mean that's that's all I could think of when I was sure. rewatching those episodes was like we like there there was such a sense of calm for white men at this time, like they true. I mean. And I, and I rem- a lovely world for white men, I have <laughs> to say. The Frasier, the Frasier verse. And I say, and I say, yeah. I mean, I say that with all with all of the the problematics involved in that. Mm-hmm. But it was like this was on TV. It was a huge hit. It was about it was about two affluent white dudes 
going to gourmet grocery stores and talking and getting into snits. Yeah, and talking with like weird like transatlantic accents. Ex- yeah, exactly. Like I was when I was younger because I did start watching it in 94. Thank you very much. Oh, was I a child? You're Absolutely. Old, you're old school. I am old school. Okay? Right. I, and also I didn't have cable growing up. So right. I like don't ask me about Nickelodeon. I can tell you about Wings, Empty Nest, yes. <laughs> and Frasier, right? And I'm old at heart. I think that's what I I suspect that's what um, impressed you about me was when I mentioned to John this. Let me just say this, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But remember when I told you that I used to watch St. Elsewhere with my mom on VHS? Yeah. Because she would tape that. episodes. I remember okay, that. and you were like, "This is a 45 year old woman. <laughs> this yeah. is a 45 year old woman." I'm a, I, I'm, I've been married for a long time, and I love my wife very much. But I almost proposed to you that night. <laughs> Greatest. Sane elsewhere. Well, Come on. you know what? It, when I do want to impress older men, I'm just going to start talking about Sane elsewhere. I think that's really the way Gar- to go. That's gu- guaranteed, yes. Oh, boy. Um, so I have a question for you. Have you ever tried sherry in your life? Uh, yeah, I, I have. Well, Look at I me. haven't. And good news, everybody. Well, you can't have any in the audience or my listeners. But I bought some dry sherry at a liquor store. It was twelve ninety nine. Yeah. Um, I never had sherry in my life, so I'd love if you would join me and try a little bit of this dry sherry that was twelve ninety nine. Yeah. Um, I want to read the back for you. Sure. It's very important. Uh, a classically styled pale dry sherry with nuances of roasted nuts. Okay. So does that excite you at all? I love adjectives when describing liquor. It's very exciting. Cheers. This is a, a lot of sherry, and it's not typically drunk out of a paper cup. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, just a glassware tip. For now, the fun fact, I actually took these cups from my temp job, um, so they are stolen. Ah, 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 and the one that I'm using, I had put granola in, and there's a little bit of granola in here. And so that that's fine. You guys remember 2019 when we were all just drinking sherry out of stolen paper cups? That's right. Okay, let's try it. Wow. Okay, it's a bit sour. Yeah, it's better than the cream sherry, I'll tell you that. That's that's garbage. Ooh, somebody just, okay, somebody the, had a very strong reaction. Um, the cream sherry is very sweet. The dry sherry is a dry, drier. I, ha- I have, I don't know much about dry sherry. Um, or cream sherry, honestly. Uh, yeah. I can tell you I don't think this is something I would drink again except for tonight except for right now yes and i cheers um i think that's probably why in the show they're drinking out of those teeny tiny cups yeah you would have you would have just a tiny little a sliver of sherry absolutely so here's the thing you told me that you watched saint elsewhere with your mom on on vhs and i i was totally like a gasping moment you were like i'm in the middle of my midlife crisis (laughs) no i was just that that was not something that that was a very specific memory for sure. me. Yeah. And so I understand and and I think the world would understand given my age and power why Fraser would speak to me. Mm-hmm. But why did Fraser speak to you? I love when people ask me this. Let me tell you. Um, I'm sorry, has this been asked a million times on your podcast? Uh, or no. Or have you answered a million times? I'm no, sorry. I just, t- I tend to Mark Marin it where, you know, is anyone familiar <laughs> with Mark Marin? Essentially, I end up going back to this, but I'm going to repeat it because 
you're all here for the first time. I love Frasier because, uh, number one, it's nostalgic for me because I did watch it when I was growing up. So uh, separately, uh, we live in dark times, and I, right now, cannot handle watching, like, dark dystopian shows. Frasier is a show that has nothing relatable to me at all. There is no part of that show in terms of, like, just older white men that speak in vague British accents. I can't relate to that. Now, separately, I love the show because as an only child, I'm gonna fall into a bit of a cliche here. Um, I love being around people. And so what's so nice to me about sitcoms and so unrealistic is that um, you're stuck with these same people for however long the show is on right. in the universe of the show. Right. So I'm like, oh, this is great. They're like a little family. They hang out. That Nobody has friends on sitcoms. It's just the people that are on the sitcom. Right. So there's something very comforting about it. Yeah, you like hanging out with your friends. I absolutely to- do, totally. yes. Totally, yeah. I mean, I think that you are t- tapping into the same thing that that I, that, that, that I re- re- remembered Going back, the to sherry Frasier is growing now. on me. By the way, I know. Yes. yeah, well, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, it, I think you're tapping into the thing that I rem- that I remembered when I went back to Fraser just now because you gave me the homework to do, which I loved doing. I did give everyone homework, which, yeah. which was that sense of calm. Absolutely, and it was the calm that I legitimately felt as a white man in the 1990s. It like, was a simpler time. It was for a it, white I, man. I guess I remember I walking down Fifth Avenue. In like 1998, in a spring day, realizing that that history had ended and we had won, and and everything was great for people who looked like me, and I was like, "There's no better time to be alive in the world." Like I, I remember having that feeling, and that is what Frasier, like the only thing that Frasier has to worry about. I'm hoping that is, is 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 he going to is he going to win a chess match? That he's been playing for eight months. Right, like or the whatever. stakes are very low. It's yeah. like who's coming to my dinner party. I feel like the closest I'm going to get to what you just described is the strange calm that will come over me um, in like 30 years when like global warming and climate change, like everything's melting, everything's coming to shit. I'm hoping I get the strange calm of apocalypse. Right, yeah. So it's all over, so I'm gives looking a forward shit. to that. Right. And on that note, yes. Um, so I, uh, I'm a big fan of your podcast, Judge John Hodgman. Thank and who you. here has listened to Judge John Hodgman? Okay, we've got some fans. Thank you very much. So um, I uh, really wanted to try and pay homage. Is that how you pronounce that word? Or it's That's homage. How I pronounce it, it is homage. Okay. Yeah. I sometimes I think it's homage. I wanted to pay homage to Judge John Hodgman, and I thought, how can I do that? Well, there's one thing that's if you were, all... If you, were, if you were Frasier, you would say, homage. Sure, homage. Um, I thought, how can I pay homage uh, to your podcast? And then one very important thing came to mind that I constantly think about, which is, is Frasier Crane a good psychiatrist? And I thought, hmm. since, if you're not familiar with Judge John Hodgman, you, I mean, I can t- I can. You correct me, or you tell me. What do you do? Yeah, the, uh, my my podcast is a podcast. It's a judge show, like Judge Judy, except uh, uh, people call in with various mundane disputes, usually relationship disputes about who loads the dishwasher right or wrong, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether a machine gun counts as a robot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I listen to both sides, and then I tell them who's right or who's wrong. Right. Right. So I would like to. It is, it is essentially like uh, I mean, and it, I was thinking about this coming over here is like. It's it's my version of the Fraser Dr. Fraser Crane show. It like is, people call in absolutely. and it's always like Bruno Kirby. That's a joke about <laughs> Fraser. People <laughs> 
Well, Here's, I'm, I'm not even sure these people deserve to be here if they didn't get that. Here's what I will say. I think I absolutely agree with you. Your the way you speak and just the whole like tone of the show is very Frasier. Thank you. So yes, it's very much the vibe. So what I would like to do here tonight is do a bit of a like a mini uh, Judge John Hodgman segment. So um, so here's what I want to do. I want to talk about, I want to figure out, is Fraser Crane a good or a bad psychiatrist? I am on the side of, he is a bad psychiatrist, but I want Fraser Crane to be able to defend himself. So why don't we welcome Dr. Fraser Crane to the stage? Here's Dr. Fraser Crane. Now, Doctor. listeners, you can't see him, but um, Dr. Fraser Crane, still bald, um, still, still wearing his outfit. Fraser. Is this, uh, by the way, just so that I can picture it. Is this mullet Fraser Crane or close-cropped Fraser Crane? Oh, mullet. Mullet, yeah. mullet Fraser Crane yeah. is my season. favorite. Right, yeah. It yes. is the Fraser Crane, as you see before you. <laughs> Good evening, Anita and John. I'm listening. Now, if Fraser sounds a bit deranged, it is because um, he did have um, he has a, a bit of amnesia from 1993 to 2004. <laughs> I was never the same after I got kicked in the head by that police horse. <laughs> exactly. That's right. So <laughs> we need to, <laughs> you know, be gentle on Fraser Crane if he's a bit fuzzy on the details. Do you yes, know what I mean? That is correct. <laughs> wow. But above all things, I am listening. <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> Frazier, have you done any like commercial voiceovers yet? Like briefly. Okay, good. Like I think you could do something for Burger King. You know what I mean? Describe a, a hamburger. You I know. Was a, I was. I did a, a spot for HBO Go. Oh, that did was, you? I said, let yourself go with HBO Go. <laughs> and thus ends my illustrious commercial career. <laughs> On that note, I want to bring one more person to the stage. It's my producer. I don't know where he is, but there he is. It's Mr. Get Ready for This. This is my producer and also my boyfriend, Mr. John Mayer. Thank you. I know, I know, okay? I just wanted to get that out of the way. I know you've dealt with this all your life, and um, I appreciate you. Uh, there was probably a time in your life when it didn't matter. That's true. Do you know what I mean? I believe. And then there was like one year when it hit. What John told me is after Your Body is a Wonderland uh, came out, everything went downhill. Is that correct? Uh, I think it was I Want to Run Through the Halls of My High School. Right. And you were in high school at the time, correct? Yeah, yes, yes, after ninth grade, I believe it was. Right, that's a terrible time for that to happen. Popular kids lose their virginity in high school, so I feel like that's a, that's a tough time. And who among us hasn't dated their producer? <laughs> <laughs> so the deal of this segment is, <laughs> Fraser Crane psychoanalyzes your boyfriend because of the, the yes. trauma he had being named John Mayer in That's high school. That's right. Yes, exactly. Right. It's going to get really dark. I'm listening. Um, so um, if you would, uh, s uh, let's begin. <coughs> OK. 
Okay. That was the sound of the gavel. Did you hear that, Judge John Hodgman? Yeah, no, I got it. Oh, okay, cool. All right, so um, before we begin, I, I know that at the beginning um, of your podcast, you like to swear in, uh, as in, like, people swear in, say they're going to tell the truth. Sure. I don't have a Bible, but I do have this book of Fraser scripts. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Frazier, uh, would you raise your right hand? Gladly. Okay. Uh, raise your right hand. Do you promise to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help you, Frazier, or whatever? How do you like me now? <laughs> I think you should see a doctor. Um, I'm going to read it to myself. I'm raising my right hand. And I do promise to tell the truth, uh, so help me, Frazier, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so here's how I'd like to begin. Um, my biggest qualm about um, you, Dr. Fraser Crane, is the fact that you call yourself a psychiatrist, okay? Now, that is simply not correct, and I have uh, some very uh, good proof of that. I was on a Reddit thread. Uh, Great site for proof. Thank you so much. <laughs> The Reddit thread was called Quest Question for Psychiatrists. Is the advice that Fraser and Niall uh, give out actually correct? Magic Fat Kid said, <laughs> that's his name. Uh, sounds legit, right? Sure. Um, what pisses me off the most about them is that they parade around as psychiatrists, but every single professional act they perform is that of a psychologist. They are psychologists. You go get a Magic Fat Kid. That's right. <laughs> Magic Fat Kid also said, psychiatrists are trained medical doctors, they can prescribe medications, and they spend much of their time with patients on medical management as a course of treatment. Psychologists focus excessively on psychotherapy and treating emotional and mental suffering in patients with behavioral intervention. What do you think about that, Dr. Fraser Crane? Well, medication should be used sparingly. <laughs> there is nothing a man can't solve with a little port and a little espresso. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Touche, Dr. Fraser Crane. All right. Uh, okay, so here's my next qualm with you. So uh, this is also, okay, you are a Freudian, okay? Now, I don't know if anyone here took a psychology class in college or high school, but you need to get with the times, mister, because uh, basically you're dishing out advice that's based on, I want to have sex with my mom. You know? That's what the Freudian theory is all about. And I don't want to have sex with either one of my parents. You know what I mean? Okay, fine. Nobody gets so what I mean. So but but man who we're talking about most of the time is men, right? They're the most important ones. De definitely on Frasier. What man doesn't want to have sex with their mother? I'm not surprised you would say that. What do you think of the Freudian theory, Judge John Hodgkin? You're saying that uh, that uh, Fraser Crane is a, a a poor psychiatrist because he because he's a Freudian. subscribes to a, a fairly creaky and outdated school of thought that about is, the, uh, the human mind. That is correct. I'll allow it. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, my next qualm, uh, Fraser, is uh, in season one, episode seven. Uh, Call me irresponsible is the name of that episode of. Emma, is he, yes. Is, is he aware that he was on a TV show? I don't know. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure. I'm honestly not sure. Like, how meta is this? <laughs> it's very meta. <laughs> 
Frasier, were There's you? many things I do not see, <laughs> but I am always listening. This is... <laughs> I'm now, now I'm starting to worry, because, like, are we just the dream of the real Frasier Crane? You're the dream of me. This is all in my head. All of this is in my head. All right. So, uh, season one, episode seven, Call so Me Irresponsible. Call me, uh, yes. So, to refresh your is memory. Is that the one? That is right, correct. Yeah. So, Frasier, obviously, you do have amnesia, so I want to refresh your memory. You gave advice to a caller named Marco um, that he should break up with his girlfriend. He did. <laughs> then his ex. <laughs> Classic Marco. Then <laughs> Played by Bruno Kirby. That is true. That is true. I can't mistake that voice. It's Bruno Kirby. I'm very, you know what? Rest in peace. Do you know that a lot of people, it, to people in this room, uh, you can, at the end of every Frasier season, they did a compilation in the credits saying all the celebrity callers that That's called right. in. Right. So the fact that you recognize Bruno Kirby's voice is yeah. very impressive. Wow. Um, okay, Frasier, back to you. So you told Thank Marco you. to break up with his ex. His ex shows up to the studio, says, how dare you, Frasier Crane, break, tell me my boyfriend to break up with me. Then you end up dating her, okay? Then, then, Marco calls back in and is like, should I get back together with my ex? And you're like, no. And you know why you did that? So you could keep dating his ex-girlfriend. Then you tried to have sex with her, but you couldn't because your conscience got in the way, so you dumped her, okay? That's a bad psychiatrist. Not only did you ruin a good relationship for her, but you also dumped her. Bad psychiatrist or horrible human being? <laughs> I never laid a hand on the woman. It's <laughs> true. She was played by Samantha Donahoe. From, from The Lair of the White Worm, a movie that I saw oh. with Peter Capaldi. Oh. And that episode featured an incredible joke. I mean, to show you just how esoteric this thing was. Mm. He, he, an incredible joke about, I want to ta take you over and have sex with you on that Eames chair, just to show you how it's the best designed chair in the world. <laughs> I mean, they, made, about the they made a the joke. Worm, I know. <laughs> they made a sex Frasier. joke about mid-century modern furniture. That's, that's how late Rome we were. <laughs> Fraser, do you... Frazier, do you feel at all bad about what you did? Breaking I up mean, that I relationship? Can't, I can't apologize for my past. You don't even remember wait, your wait past. A, wait a minute. Yes, you can. In order to be a whole human being, you should. Legally, it's impossible. I mean, who would I be? If I weren't a man of my convictions. Sorry for the poll. That, at least, is a beginning of an apology. I guess. That kind of counts. So, um, sorry for the poll is a big apology for Frazier. All right. Moving on, uh, my next qualm, Frasier. I made a sex joke about a mic stand. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Fraser Crane is being a bit coy with the mic. Um, I know you can't see it. Uh, I'm not sorry, and I will do it again. <laughs> okay, next, moving on. Okay, my next qualm is... Frazier, as a psychiatrist, you're selfish. And here's why. Okay? If we are meta. We've already decided this. Epi season four, episode two, Death of the Dog. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers this episode. Eddie, the dog, gets depressed. Okay? 
and so depressed that Martin decides to call a dog psychiatrist to try and figure out what's wrong. Instead of trying to figure out what's wrong, Frazier, you spent the whole episode in your life uh, trying to basically say that because you were unhappy in your own life, this is what was causing uh, Eddie's unhappiness. In the end, it turned out Eddie was missing his favorite doll. So uh, my qualm with you is I felt as if you were being selfish for sort of making Eddie's depression about you. I don't know how you feel about that. John Hodgman. Oh, I know <laughs> I know the answer to this question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just trying to look up the name of the character actor who played the dog whisperer on that <laughs> episode. It was right on the tip of my tongue. He's a very famous, very well-known character actor. And I John, can't. John, Bruno John Kirby, M, perhaps you not Bruno Kirby. He's <laughs> got a different, uh, he got run over by the bus and lost. He was a regular on another show. He's a really great guy. Frazier, did you watch Lost at all? I did. <laughs> and was fascinated by the smoke monster. It reminded me of the circle of cigar smoke that encircled my father's chair. <laughs> How tormented we all were by Take that cloud. <laughs> to answer your question, yes, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Zelko Ivanek, of course. <laughs> did he? You would, you would recognize him if you could see John he, Mayer's screen right now. Did he play a Nazi officer in a film? Of course he did. Because he does have that look. A he bit looks of a, like a Nazi officer. A Nazi officer, definitely. I think yeah. he was a Nazi officer. Okay, my last qualm uh, is Fraser. I believe you're a bit of a hack, okay? Yes. According to Psychology Today, Frazier's main source of income was his job as a radio therapist, whose advice itself became a mockery of the type of treatment a true mental health professional would provide. Case in point, uh, season five, episode 17, the perfect guy, a caller told you she was having a hard time getting out of bed every morning, and when she did, she was irritable. This is the advice you gave her, and I quote, well, Marie, the desire to stay in bed is very similar to the desire to regress to the womb. Some unconscious fear is driving you to a place of safety. Now, in order to resolve this problem, you're going to have to examine your life and discover just what it is you're retreating from. It's hard, but very necessary work. I suggest it might be time to try some therapy. Turned out she was hypo hypoglycemic. Okay, so the Freud theory did not work. Well, we all want to retreat to the womb sometimes. That's your answer to everything. <laughs> Why get in a taxi cab? Why get under the covers? <laughs> this what? is the womb again and again. Why draw the shower curtains closed when we take a bath? <laughs> Time and again, it is the womb. Can we go back to your version of the womb as a taxi cab? <laughs> I mean, sweaty. Sure. You have to pay for it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you have to insert your chip in the slot. Yes. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Disgusting. Jeopardy for idiots on the screen, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, how do you feel about this? Oh, this is, I mean, this is a show trial. This, this, is, is, a show a, trial? this is a kangaroo court. I mean, the, uh, I should have recused myself. I was so prejudiced. <laughs> Frazier is a terrible psychiatrist. And I say poppycock to that. <laughs> you know, <this> is... 
Okay, Meta Fraser, I know we're all part of your dream. <laughs> but, but in the part of your dream that is a TV show about you, <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a petty, selfish, manipulative creep. That's the fun part. That's what makes you the hero. Yeah, and also you date so many models. Has anyone noticed that Fraser Crane dated so many models? Like, how did you get all the models? It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> I recently saw an opera, which I have two tickets for again this coming Sunday if you'd like to accompany me. <laughs> I loved how in the show they were constantly <laughs> bragging about their, their, their uh, prank premium tickets to the Seattle Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> Believe it or not, front row tickets are very affordable. I mean, if no, you can wrap your head around that. No, no, no offense to Seattle opera companies, but not the top ticket in the United States. It sounds like we have a verdict, but I thought you were going to need time to read the verdict. So I had. Oh no, no, I'll go. I'll I'll go and uh, so, deliberate. So you while wish. you're deliberating, I want to um, give everyone another fun fact about Frasier. Uh, so uh, one of the ideas for the Frasier spinoff, while it was uh, while Cheers was still on, involved Frasier playing a paralyzed media mogul cared for by a street smart nurse in a Manhattan penthouse. You're describing the plot of Boss on Stars. <laughs> <laughs> Frazier, did you watch Boss? <laughs> yes, I did. Were you a fan? I liked Boss. Not quite as good as Gary the Rat. <laughs> deep cut, deep cut. I'm not sure. Meta Frazier. Frazier, did you also know that you were <laughs> Kelsey Kramer was on a show called Partners where he played uh, uh, law, uh, lawyers with, with him and Martin Lawrence. With I'm Ma well aware of Partners <laughs> on TNT with Martin Lawrence. <laughs> I can't believe that a show with Kelsey Kramer and Martin Lawrence <laughs> didn't last longer than a single season. Yet here we are. Because everything about it on paper says home run. <laughs> I think it might have been called partners. I'm pretty sure. Um, on that note, John, do we have a decision? Do we have a ruling? Oh, yeah. He's terrible. Thank you. Okay. I uh, mean, <coughs> all right. You. That's all, I guess. <laughs> well... Thank you so much uh, for that, everybody. I think we can all d uh, agree Dr. Fraser Crane is a terrible psychiatrist. So I don't know if anyone here is aware, uh, but there have been some rumors uh, of a reboot, of a Fraser reboot. Uh, Kelsey Grammer has uh, been talking. Uh, I've seen some articles floating around. Now, obviously, as a Fraser fanatic, I'm very excited by this news. But, you know, it is sad because John Mahoney did pass away. So for me, it's hard for me to imagine picking up exactly where we left off from the show. So here's what I've done, everybody. I'm a Frasier fanatic. Um, I needed an excuse to write some Frasier, Frasier fan fiction, and I finally had an excuse, and it's this podcast. Um, 
So what I've done tonight is I've essentially written a spec script with uh, basically three different like Frasier mashups. Like I was inspired by Riverdale. Are we familiar? Riverdale is a show in the CW. It's based on a comic book, but it's like dark and sexy. So I thought, let's try and like reboot Frasier, but like mix it with like other popular shows. I'm going to leave it up to you to guess uh, what these mashups are. Um, and we're going to bring some really uh, just very good, uh, should be award winning uh, actors to the stage. So returning to the stage, playing Niles Crane is Mr. John Hodgman. <laughs> He's back. He's coming back. Fun fact, John Hodgman, you and Niles both went to Yale, okay? I did my research. I did my research. I know. <laughs> so here, take a seat over here. We're all going to get very cozy. Um, and so we're going to bring up playing Fraser Crane. Is Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane, come to the stage. Fraser Crane. Fraser, what are you doing? He is struggling. He. Oh no. Okay. The amnesia has hit him again. Um, I think he's drunk and he has amnesia. It is a dangerous combination. All right. So let's bring back uh, my producer and the man I love, uh, Mr. John Mayer, back to the stage. He will be playing narrator or stage directions for tonight. Um, uh, we're also going to bring up a good friend of mine. Uh, she's a comedian. She is also British, okay? Please welcome Rebecca Shortall to the stage. Yeah. Thank you so much. She will be playing the role of Daphne. I'm, I'm confused by all the, uh, all the sticks. We, oh. we made a small fence. We made, a, we made a small fence. You're yeah. over there. All right, we're going to bring another friend to the stage, another hilarious comedian. Please welcome Calvin Cato to the stage. Yeah. He's going to be playing the role of Martin Crane and also of Mr. Cam Winston. And then we have uh, someone, uh, one more uh, very talented actress coming to the stage. Um, she is part of the New York neo-futurist. She's a comedian, she's a writer. She has a show coming up called Double or Nothing at Caveat, where we are right now on April 5th. Please welcome Kyra Sims to the stage. <laughs> Kyra will be playing some uh, experimental roles that uh, have never before existed, so it's... <laughs> Very exciting. Okay, so yeah, let let us begin. And scene. Interior Fraser's living room, day. A young blonde woman in Lululemon athleisure runs laps around Martin's chair, which is in Central Park, but also Seattle. Oh my God. Poking out from behind a bush next to the piano, we see the corner of a fancy painting. There's a penis-sized hole in the canvas. Interior of Frazier's living room, later, Detective Daphne Moon steps past clamoring members of the press and ducks under the caution tape. What have we got here, Chief? <laughs> One painting. Early Impressionism. Daphne kneels down to inspect the painting with a gloved hand. My word, this painting's covered in semen. <laughs> Looks like we've got an art lover on our hands. <laughs> Interior KACL Studio, day. Roz, 38, is sacking boxes for no discernible reason. Roz? Yeah? Do you know where Frasier was between the hours of uh, 11 p.m. and 1 a.m.? 
How should I know? Check the sign-in sheet. Roz points to a dusty old binder on her desk. Martin grabs it, flips to the most recent page. Fraser signed out over at 10.30 p.m. last night. Just enough time to appreciate a little art. <laughs> and when I say appreciate a little art, I mean fuck that painting. <laughs> Interior uh, dark windowless room, day. Fraser sits in a metal chair nervously. Martin walks in carrying a small cup. Decaf Zimbabwe latte with non-fat milk? Oh, that looks heavenly. There was no coffee in my cell. It was dreadful. You can have it as soon as you answer some questions. Where were you last night between the hours of 11 p.m. and 1 a.m.? I was at home having a nice hot aromatherapeutic bath. You sick son of a bitch! Martin knocks over the table, grabs Fraser by the throat, and pins him against the wall. Well, Dad, what are you doing? Daphne bursts the door open. Martin, what are you doing? Stay out of this, Daphne. Admit it, Fraser. You fucked that painting. Are you insane? I traded my son for that painting. It's worth $12,000. You're a real freak, aren't you? You like to buy paintings at auctions and then cover them in jizz. These security cams say otherwise, detective. Daphne hands Martin a folder. He flips through screenshots of Fraser taking a bubble bath. Uh, so, detective, does that latte have non-fat milk? <laughs> Martin and Daphne look at each other, rolling their eyes. If you didn't fuck that painting, then who did? Fraser's eyes widen. Who it was? My swarm enemy. Cam Winston. <laughs> Interior Cam Winston's home, day. You're making a big mistake. You made a pretty big, <laughs> big mistake when you fucked that painting. Niles rushes in. Wait, Cam is innocent. It was me. I made love to the painting. <laughs> How dare you? I should be the only one making love to my painting. <laughs> but you told me you didn't. I lied. <laughs> Whip pan to the painting. And it was consensual. <laughs> End of act one. Interior restaurant day. Roz, Fraser, Niles, and Martin sit around the table at a posh restaurant. Roz wears a low-cut dress, nipples exceedingly erect. Martin is dressed for the art gallery. Fraser and Niles push food around on their plates, giving each other dirty looks. Come on, girls. How long are you going to keep this up? Who hasn't fucked a painting? I haven't. Oh, honey, this is the 21st century. If you haven't fucked a painting, you're not living. Have you ever fucked a cubist? It's wild. Mm. Too pointy. I prefer impressionists. What a coincidence. So do I. Now, now, no reason to be jealous. So your painting isn't getting its needs fully satisfied? I don't understand. How do you fuck a painting? How dare you, Niles? Painting is getting its needs satisfied. It seems painting wants an open relationship. Can you handle that? Honey, this is the 21st century. If you can't be in an open relationship with a painting, you're not living. Interior of Fraser's apartment, night. Fraser sits alone in front of a 1999 Mac PowerBook, sipping on sherry. He types, thinking aloud. Later that night, I got to thinking, could Niles and I really share painting? <laughs> Taking turns has never been our strength. We couldn't even share that bottle of 25-year-old reserve Glenn Fittich in grade school. 
I always thought of myself as open-minded and carefree, but the thought of Niles manhandling my Monet really nearly drove me mad. And I couldn't help but wonder if my painting had painted me into a corner, whose corner was I in? Interior bedroom, continuous. Roz is having passionate sex with a painting. <laughs> Meanwhile, across town, Roz was boning up on her cubism. <laughs> George Brock, more like George Cock. Interior of Fraser's apartment, morning. Fraser wakes up, blissfully postcoital. He turns over. The bed is empty beside him. Uh, painting? He gets up, looks around. Close up on a yellow post-it note affixed to the screen of his computer. It reads... I'm sorry. I can't. Don't hate me. Fraser stands, stunned. <laughs> After a moment, he dramatically knocks over his glass of sherry. It falls in slow motion. End of act two. <laughs> Exterior space, day. Niles drives his Mercedes E320 through an asteroid belt. He looks over and smiles at painting. Don't worry, my love. We're going somewhere that Fraser will never find us. Niles, let me speak to Painting. <laughs> painting doesn't want to speak to you. Lies. Painting, if you can hear me, don't listen to whatever Niles is saying about me. You went to Yale, for God's sakes. The poor man's Harvard. Oh. <laughs> How dare you. Oh, really? Would a poor man bring Painting to a luxury space cabin? <laughs> Maris's space cabin? He wouldn't. Interior space cabin, day. Fraser enters. <laughs> Niles! Painting! Who the hell are you? Gretchen, a rich-looking Vulcan, enters. I am Dr. Fraser Crane. What are you doing in my brother's ex-wife's cabin? I'm Gretchen Van Kunst. I was supposed to spend the weekend here with Maris, but the poor dear is getting her collarbone minimized. The doorbell rings. That must be Niles. Martin and Daphne enter, phasers drawn. Fraser, what are you doing here? We have reason to believe that Niles has taken paint and hostage. What are you people doing in Maris's cabin? Oh, I didn't realize you had company. He nudges Fraser mischievously. Good heavens, Dad, it's not what you think. So she's a Vulcan. Still step up from Lilith. A knock at the door. Painting? Niles. Niles. The door opens to reveal... Roz. Gee, it's nice to see you guys, too. What on earth are you doing here? Where's painting? I got a taste of acrylic, and I want more. The sound of keys are heard on the other side of the door. Now that must be Niles. He ducks behind the door. Daphne and Martin duck under the couch. Face are set to stun. The door opens. Gretchen? Niles. Niles. Frazier? Painting. Frazier lunges for painting. Niles holds on tight. They struggle. Break it up. Painting break it is up. mine. No, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we settle this the Vulcan way? Insert a title to reveal the passage of time and the writer's command of wordplay. <laughs> Into your cabin later. According to ancient tradition, two humans that want to fuck the same painting can only settle their dispute through a Vulcan brandy tasting. Each suitor will taste one brandy. Whoever estimates the vintage year closest wins. Niles takes a sip. 
Hmm, jammy, hints of moss with a finish reminiscent of Romulan ale. This brandy is 2,000 years old if it's a day. Fraser takes a sip. <laughs> nice try, Niles. But this brandy is newer than Maris's second nose. It's from 1997. Hmm. Well, Gretchen, who was right? But Gretchen has already made her way to the transporter with painting in tow. It doesn't matter. You were so busy competing with one another that you never thought to ask painting how it feels. Don't you see? No one can own painting. We're in love, and we're running away from here. We have got to stop her. Quick, Niles, press the lockdown button. Niles dives for it, oh. but accidentally presses the destroy Earth button. <laughs> Everyone looks out the space cabin window. A large laser blows up Earth. Gretchen cackles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. Gretchen and painting are gone. The family stands, stands next to the viewport, stunned. You boys just can't play nice. It's true, Niles. I'm sorry that things got so out of hand. I'm sorry, too. So what do we do now? Well, I did hear that there's a new blood wine club in the Alpha Quadrant with a seductive collection of still lives. Roz, Fraser, and Niles give each other mischievous looks. <laughs> right behind you. Fade <laughs> to black. And scene. <laughs> I wrote that. That was amazing. That was amazing? That's incredible. Yeah, that was great. Listeners? Oh, by the, by the yes. way, I just want it known that this is actually my real voice, and that was... Uh, <laughs> Rebecca my, is British. I am, I am actually from England. I'm just not like a weird like amalgamation of like train-spotting stereotypes. <laughs> that is what I was trying to do. And I want it known that this is actually my real voice. <laughs> Um, I would love to go down the line here uh, on people's opinions because obviously I'm going to pitch this to networks. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be tweeting Kelsey Grammer, like what works best. So let's start with John Hodgman. If anything, do any of these universes uh, work as a, as a mashup series? We got Law and Order SVU meets Frasier. Sure. Sex in the City, Star sure. Trek. Right. Yes. Well, as much as uh, as much as I like the the Star Trek universe, uh, there are just too many eras of Star Trek. Uh, and whereas Sex and the City and SVU, and Sex and the City in particular, really track with the pre nine eleven. Oh boy, <laughs> party pooper! Uh, I kind of I kind of felt the one the one that felt most natural was in, in terms of its ab absolute. Uh, disregard for contemporary events mm, and mm -hmm. and and non-white populations. It has to be Sex in the City that sex really matters. Sex in the matches. City, got it, yeah, got it. Okay, Sex in the City, got it. Okay, Rebecca, I want to ask you. I felt like this was controversial, and I honestly was feeling self-conscious about it. How did you feel about um, people fucking paintings? Was that believable in this Fraser verse? I mean, honestly, like, if any universe of a sitcom is, if anyone's going to fuck a painting, it's going to be Frasier. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, honestly, for me, Sex and the City 100% of the time. Like, okay. I mean, like, I mean, you could probably like, pick, like, the four of them and be like, which one is, like, the Samantha, the Carrie, the Charlotte? You're right. The I other one. Miranda. There we go. There Did we you go. Shauna? <laughs> <laughs> you know Shauna. I forget. Shauna. 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 Like, like, uh, like, Frasier is the Carrie. 
Miles is the Charlotte. I think Martin's Miranda. Martin, I would say, is the Samantha. What? No, Ross is Samantha. Ross is Samantha. No, out of the four people that live in the house, you got oh. Daphne, Short. Fraser, Niles, Martin. All right, so we've got a Sex in the City. Uh, Kyra, what do you think? Well, you know, a good writer's rule of thumb is to have a cock on every page, and I think he did <laughs> achieve that. Um, so it's a really tight script. Love uh, it. Uh, as far as the cock ratio goes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Um, I have no other notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And I want to just say shout out to you for bringing, just breathing life into this character that never existed before. The blonde jogger, right? The blonde jogger was amazing. The painting, Gretchen Van Koonst, I was really picturing an uppity, uh, elitist Vulcan. I was. So kudos yeah, to I you. I just tried the, to channel the point zero 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 one percent Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yes. I was, was feeling a lot her. of Betsy DeVos in that. Thank <laughs> you. Topical, John. Very Thank topical. you. Uh, Calvin, uh, what, what did, what are your preferences? What do you think? I, uh, I'm, I've always been partial to Sex and the City, so I'm feeling a very Sex and the City, like, yes, yes. <laughs> Which I couldn't really do, because I can neither do a Martin Crane nor a good cam, but... Uh, That's okay. Listen, I mean, there weren't a lot of black people, so I couldn't draw from a lot. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I and saw a couple of extras in the background sometimes, so I was like, okay, I can draw from there. Oh, no, we could. I could really serve coffee very well, so. Hey, I don't so want to shy away. Believe me, this is why I wanted to, do, and I want to say, fun fact, the reason I invited Kyra to this podcast tonight is because several years ago, it was her idea to try and do, uh, take a sitcom, because many of of them uh, in the past were classically white. Um, and <laughs> well, and wait a minute. Emphasis on, the age. Emphasis on the I age. I never noticed that. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good time for you. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was a golden age pre 9 11. I guess you're right. I just never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it just all seemed normal to me. But Kyra um, was very inspiring because she put together uh, a sort of like reading of a classic sitcom in this case it was <laughs> Frasier and, and your Kyra your idea was let's mix up uh, genders and ethnicities and see what happens and it was really fun and that's why I wanted to invite you here today yeah I'm so glad you were there yeah it was great we just drew drew characters out of a hat so, and it, it was all random and, and then we talked about how the, the different genders and races affected how the relationships happen in the show. That's right. Yeah, we also did it with Cheers, and uh, my, which was great. Yeah. My, my thought wait, was... Wait, and now you're going to tell me Cheers is all white, too? <laughs> wait, wait, can John, I say something I crazy? so much to tell did you. you know, do you know how angry... Uh, yeah, Perlman's Italian. I mean, that Hey. Do you know how in angry... In Boston, that might... Well, anyway. White what? men get so <laughs> angry. You want to make it a white man angry, tell him that you don't watch Cheers and that you have never seen the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying, even though I haven't seen it, I'm just going to start telling them I hate it. It's a terrible movie. And say, Boondock side, Saints, side too. Note, send me to relate to that. Like, like, I, I didn't realize the Shawshank like, Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> I was semi-related to that. I did not realize that half of the plot of the uh, Green Mile uh, hinges on the fact that Tom Hanks is a UTI. Yeah. Fun wow. fact. <laughs> yeah, I want to expand upon this, Thank but Frasier, Frasier Crane, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Do any of these mashups work? Do you have a favorite? 
Uh, well, uh, <laughs> now that you've set me up for uh, this, well, uh, 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 the um, uh, l l let's face it, uh, 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 law and order and Star Trek are universes of consequence. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> Frasier is a world without consequence, <laughs> as is Sex and the City. There's a lot Therefore, of consequence. <laughs> wow. I must give my vote to Sex and the City. Yes. <laughs> Sex and the City. All right. So it's going to be Frasier Crane and the City. Or wait, Seattle. Sex and Seattle. That's what it's going to be called. That right, doesn't happen. On that note, <laughs> I want to thank all of my actors for being here tonight. Thank you so much. <laughs> I want to kindly ask all of you to please leave the stage because <laughs> well, we I have... have can I say, can yes. I say one thing? Yes. You, you, you talked about Frasier heads being in the audience. Yes. Do you, do you have a, is that the name for a, a Frasier fan? That is a really good question. So I'm not sure, but what I do know is Josh Gondelman, who was a guest on my podcast, sure. uh, used the term craniac. Craniac? Ooh. So may I love that. And I've been saying that I'm a craniac. And may, I, I, may I suggest one? Go on, yes. Just to tie into the 90s theme of Frasier? Absolutely, Frasier? yeah. Jerbies. I don't get it. What is that? Like Furbies, but Jer as in Fraser Bees, Jerbies. Come on. That's like a long one. Leave that in the podcast. Do not edit that out. History will judge me. I'm going to leave it in. There was a boo, but I respect your suggestion. Thank you. John Hodgman has left the stage. He's very angry. Oh my fucking God. He just knocked over a bunch of stands. It was very dramatic. That's what upset him and not the Shawshank Redemption stuff. No, Shawshank Redemption didn't upset him. Thank you so much, John Hodgman. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Kyra. Thank you so much, Calvin. Thank you so much, Dr. Frazier Crane. I blow all of you kisses. Um, I look forward to taking this. Where do I put the microphone? I look forward to taking meetings. I look forward to taking meetings um, with important people about my reboot. I'm very excited. Um, we are actually drawing to a close. Uh, uh, of this uh, podcast. I want to thank everyone who's here. I can't believe how many people are here. But it makes me feel so hopeful that I am not alone in my craniac universe. Um, I want to, and I want to plug two Frasier fan groups before I bring out our closing act. Um, Frasier Shitposting and Frasier Fan Club on Facebook have over 10,000 fans. Okay? There are more than dozens of us, all right? So, um, be proud, be very proud. Uh, so with that in mind, I want to bring our final uh, guest to the stage. Uh, he is a comedian, he is a singer, he is an actor, and he is going to close out this show with my favorite song, Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs. Please welcome Larry Owens to the stage! <laughs> Give it up for Anita Flores! Okay, we're obsessed. Aren't we obsessed with the POC Fraser podcast? I did what? Down my people! <laughs> yes, I will sing, but before that, <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Okay, hold on. If you're listening at home, I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do, um, I'm gonna do a mono. Uh, it's a monologue. 
Uh, <laughs> and then at the end, it'll be a little quiz. What character was that? And then you tell me. And then we'll sing the song. <laughs> it isn't disgusting. It's wonderful. Everything. I like the way a fresh, firm pack feels in my hand. I like peeling away that little piece of cellophane and seeing it twinkle in the light. I like coaxing that first sweet cylinder out of its hiding place and bringing it slowly <laughs> up to my lips, striking a match, watching it burst into a perfect little flame and knowing that soon that flame will be inside me. <laughs> I love the first puff pulling into my lungs. Little fingers of smoking filling me, caressing me, feeling that warmth penetrate deeper and deeper until I think I'm going to <laughs> then whoosh, watching it flow out of me in a lovely sinuous cloud, now to ever quite. <laughs> the same. Who was that? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> okay, on the count of three, everyone say it. One, two, three. <laughs> Play the track. And maybe hear the music calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my! And maybe I seem a bit confused, but baby, I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with the toss salads and scrambled eggs. They call it again. Good night, Seattle! We love you! Frazier has love. And maybe I hear the blues. And maybe I seem a bit confused, yeah, maybe I got you picked! And I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They call it again. Thank you! Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Good night, everybody. See you next year. I love you!